From the gun again on first down. Fires wide. Juan Daniels, touchdown, Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dogs. Welcome to back for those watching to the DGD podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds and Juan Daniels. I think the technical difficulties have subsided, so we're going to push through with what we've got today. Boy, we got a lot of recruiting to talk about, Juan. Before we jump in, lots of rain watches, proudly sponsors, the DGD podcast. Look, great watches, uh, great prizes. Can't I can't say no to that. I've, I've got an atlas on myself. I love this damn thing. Uh, with that being said, use code DGD at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Uh, obviously tell the guys over there if you get some stuff, tell them how much you enjoy their products. And with that being said, Juan, let's jump straight into this. Actually, no, actually we're going to hold off. There is something very important for you today, and I want to let everybody know what it is. So tell them what it, what, why is today important for you? Oh, it's, it's, it's senior night. It's senior night for, for my son, um, Ashton. He is a quarterback at Buford. He, um, you know, I've coached him ever since he was six years old. So uh, definitely an emotional time, an emotional moment. So I'll get an opportunity to walk, you know, out on the field with him for that last time. And I remember the very first time as a six-year-old getting the chance to, to walk out there with him. Um, after that, he heads to Stanford uh, to go out there and, and, and play some quarterback. So um, very emotional, but um, pr- pretty excited at the same time. No doubt. I know – Obviously, as two people that have kids, uh, I, you know, I'm looking at that like that's going to be a big deal. And obviously with him going to Stanford next year, that's even better. Right. You see him see his last uh, home game uh, in high school. You know, next thing you know, you're going to be sitting there going to Palo Alto. Uh, yeah. Watching the games, right. Like, that's yeah. just the crazy thing about it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like Tom Flies, you know. But um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Man, oh, man. I know. Bu- look, Buford's killing it right now, too. So, yeah. You know, obviously with, with Jake down there, Jake Pope and Isaiah Bond, there's just a ton of kids there. Obviously, if you don't remember, we had uh, Jake's dad on uh, for the Clemson preview. So that was some interesting thing there. Uh, but look, you know, a lot of people want to sit here and talk about recruiting. Look, Georgia had – we talked about this yesterday right before the show popped on, guys. Bear, uh, Bear recommits right before we're – I'm prepping for – I'm prepping to start the show when we get that commitment uh, notification, that go dogs from Coach Smart. So, you know, obviously we haven't had nothing today yet that I'm aware of, at least. But uh, we're going to talk about recruiting. We're going to break down who's committed uh, and really look at, you know, obviously Georgia after this year, you're going to lose a lot, especially on defense. But what are these guys coming in? Like these guys coming in, what are they going to bring to the table for Georgia moving forward? So we're going to break that down. Uh, But let's go ahead and get started. Uh, We'll start with the defense first since everybody loves Georgia's defense. Current commits, uh, you look at Malachi Starks at the safety position. Michael Williams, Bear Alexander, Jalen Walker, Tyree West, Marquise Gross-Killebrew, linebacker C.J. Washington, edge rusher Darius Smith, uh, safety Ja'Cory Thomas, edge rusher C.J. Madden, and a punter, uh, Brett Thorson. I added him because it's special teams. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, you look at what Georgia is coming back, right, we're, or what we're losing. right? You look at scene. You look at Chris Smith, more likely gone. <clears throat> safety position is going to be rough next year. Uh, Amir Speed's more than likely going to be gone. Uh, really, across the whole board, this defense is basically going to be draftable uh, come time. So, you know, when you sit there and you look at what 
Georgia's bringing and putting on the table uh, for, you know, the defensive recruits, to me, you have to reload. Uh, and, you know, so far, Georgia and Kirby Smart and company has done a great job uh, bringing in guys to, you know, fill those holes. Uh, one, if you had to choose one out of the names, and I'll bring the graphic back up for those watching, if you had to choose one that could be the X factor, uh, make an immediate play in time, who would you choose and why? I'd say Malachi Starks. I mean, Malachi Starks is a you know kid from Jefferson who he plays both sides of the ball. So his IQ is just going to be out of this world. You know, he knows how to play, you know, great defense, but then he also is going to know what he's going to be facing when it comes to to offenses. And this is also a guy who actually played against um, uh, the, the the quarterback recruit Gunner uh, Gunner Stockton. So and, and he actually had a pretty good game there. So if there was going to be one person, I, I would choose him. Uh, Malachi kind of reminds me of a Champ Bailey type, right? Great, great guy, great cover guy defensively. But also, if you don't remember, too, that uh, Champ Bailey also played some offense. So I could see him being that swing guy. I, I'd also see him being one of those guys that you almost just can't keep off the field just because he is so talented. He's so smart. And so he's going to be able to come in there and make a, yeah, I think he'll make an immediate impact on kind of like a, a no name secondary right now. So I can see him coming in there and making a pretty big splash. You know, I look at it, right. And I think where you're going, it makes perfect sense because safety is going to be like extremely, extremely thin next year. You know, Malachi Starks can come in and, and make start as a freshman. I could see that honestly, starting as a freshman, there's no question about it. You know, just based off of high school, what I've seen, there's no reason why he could not. And Kirby's going. And Kirby has shown the willingness to start freshmen if you come out and you practice right, things like that. He's not scared to play you. So you know, looking at looking at that Malachi could be a good name there. I'm going to go along the front four, and I'm calling Bear Alexander. And the reason why I say that is because Bear Alexander is the replacement for Jordan Davis for the most part. Uh, you know, you look at what Jalen Carter brings to the table. Right. And, George, you know, Jalen's that situation. Jalen's kind of a man amongst himself, uh, you know, but looking at along the defensive line, to me, Bear Alexander kind of brings that true nose feel. And I, I see him playing that same role. And I'm not saying anything about Jalen Carter because Jalen Carter is an animal. And next year when he gets drafted, he's going to be a first round pick. There's no question about it in my opinion. But to me, I think, you know, Bear Alexander could come in and make an impact right away with just being as big as he is and trying to fill that void that, you know, Jordan Davis will leave behind. Oh, I agree. I, I yeah, definitely I, agree. And, and and just like you said, you know, we, we need to reload. I mean, it's, it's not about rebuild. We just need to reload and just keep the momentum going of what we have right now. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, look, Michael Williams, I think you bring in, you know, kind of that uh, Trayvon Walker type, right? Uh, you know, looking at Adam Anderson replacing with Darius Smith. I think those kind of guys fit these replacements, right? I'm not going to say 100%. I don't want to compare these guys 100%, but I think these are kind of the, the slots that these guys fill in. You know, then you look at who could be a replacement for uh, Devontae Wyatt. You've got Tyree West in the fold, which yeah, I feel like he's underrated, and he's, he's a top 100 guy, right? And I think it's because you look at guys like, Bear Alexander, Michael Williams, potentially, which we'll get to in just a minute, Christian Miller, potentially. Uh, you know, looking at that right there, Darius Smith and, and Tyree West kind of fall back because of the big names that, we, like most Georgia fans know, understand that what we're losing along the defense, 
Kirby's planning to grab right now. And with the with the rule coming out for up to seven extra slots for each person that goes into the portal, Kirby's taking full advantage of it. And I can't be more re- – I can't I agree more with why he's doing it because you're losing so much <clears throat> on the defense. It's this elite. Anybody probably is this year, they're going to be gone. I think they have to because of the year that's been coming on. You know, it, you're riding the hot hand regardless if you're – you know, obviously Jordan Davis I think is going to be a first-rounder. You know, but look at guys like Devontae Wyatt, Channing Tindall. Uh, you know, those guys have all boosted their draft stock by being a part of this defense and making plays. So, you know, expect a lot of guys on this defense to be gone. And with that being said, that's why you're seeing so many and such an emphasis, really, on defensive recruits, especially in the cornerback spots, the defensive backfield, and the front and the front four. I think you have to. But basically what we're seeing now is we're seeing this balance of all three levels of the defense is getting loaded up. And and you have to right now. Yeah. Well, and and also, too, you see, um, you know, Marquise, you know, Killebrew, um, great defensive back. So I've I've had an opportunity to see him in camps. We also played him in our very, very first game. So he did a great job, um, you know, in in, in coverage. He and and Isaiah Bond actually went at each other a couple of times. So we've got that that, that Georgia-Florida matchup early. But um, he also took a little five-yard pass and, you know, went probably, you know, 70-something yards for a touchdown. So he's another guy that can not only play offense, but he can play defense. And even if these guys come in, if they're on the scout team or they're just trying to fight for a position, they're going to make each other better each and every week. I, I have to agree with you there. I think, you know, what another reason why I think you're seeing so much uh, emphasis on this defense is the fact that we rotate so much, right? I think Kirby wants to keep this two, three deep. Uh, so you have to reload with elite guys. And honestly, from a recruiting standpoint, it couldn't be any easier just pointing to the, what you're seeing on the field production. This defense is one of the most, so far, one of the most historic sound defenses you, you've ever seen. Uh, and you're seeing it with not just 11 guys. You're seeing what well, there's so, you know, there's two deeps, there's three deeps in certain positions that are making plays and, and having an impact on every game that we've played so far. You know, I think there's like 13 guys with a sack on this team. That That's insane. That just shows you it's selflessness, uh, the selflessness of this defense uh, and the fact that, you know, everybody plays as a unit. Uh, so, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, this is why you're seeing so many guys hopping on right now to play on this defense because they can keep it rolling and they know they're going to play early. So it's pretty easy to recruit that way. Um, you know, but I also want to talk a little bit more as we bring it back up here. Um, you know, guys like Ja'Cory Thomas, uh, you know, Malachi Starks, filling in the safety, right? You know, looking at Malachi Starks, I think, you you know, you talked about him being a Champ Bailey type. I picture him as being like that too, but I think you look at him from a leader, uh, you know, a leadership standpoint. I think he can bring that kind of character uh, to lead that backfield. Uh, early on what you you said you've dealt experienced him what are your thoughts from that well let me just tell you this um first and foremost um i don't know if you know very much about the offense that they run at jefferson you know he plays some quarterback but they run that wing t so uh and and it's a true wing t that that air force type so you got to be hard nosed and you got to be tough to run those plays um and, and and he's a starter on offense and then he also plays defense so not only is he smart but that's the type of guy that you're going to want is that 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 gritty, you know, I'm in the trenches. I'm going to be there. So, like you said, just that leadership type guy. And then also to off the field, from what I've seen, he's a high character guy. And Georgia 
they, they can use more and more high character guys um, that that's going to you know be the future. Just like you said, just from that leadership standpoint to lead that backfield, he's going to be that guy. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I think what you know, one of the things that you could probably see here as well is, you know, Kirby's always had this kind of leader, right? The vocal leader of the defense, not 100 percent from this area, but the safety. Right. You look at guys like LeCount uh, being a true leader for this team. Right. Guys in the backfield, your safeties or whatever, you know, you see a lot of that right now. You start to look at guys like Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, you know, but LeCount has been that guy. Uh, you had Eric uh, Stokes being that kind of guy, right? So in the past, you know, the DBs really kind of have this leadership to them uh, to lead that defense and be vocal leaders. Now, obviously, there, you know, sometimes there's more uh, than one, but, you know, and that's a, that's a characteristic that Kirby, I think, looks for uh, in a recruit. And, and let's be honest, I think all the guys that we see uh, that are currently committed have that kind of fit uh, so they can all be leaders they're, and, and they're going to police themselves, like you said yesterday. You know, they're going to police themselves and they're going to expect expect everyone else to follow suit uh, and keep this kind of locked in mentality, uh, you know, trying to build this dynasty. Right. If we I know it's crazy to say this and it's because we haven't even won a national championship yet, but all it takes is to win one and then establish that level of, you know, what I mean, like, you know what you need. Yeah. The guys buy in. It starts to trend and keep it rolling. Right. There's. There's a reason why Saban's done what he's able to do. Guys have been vocal leaders and and police everybody themselves. Kirby saw it. He was a part of that defense for years. He knows what it needs. Now he's getting the guys in, and they're all talented, very talented. So yeah. that you, you have the makings for a you know potential dynasty, or at least right to stay at the top of the food chain in regards to the college football uh, landscape. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, number one, you just talk about the leadership, but those are the things that Alabama has done. And all the thing that Nick Saban needed to do was just to get that first national championship. And then guess what? They're the king of the hill. And that's what George is doing right now. So this is George's opportunity to strip that away from Alabama and then just become the, 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 the king of the hill. And, and, and you know Nick Saban's going above and beyond to make sure, you know, he's not stripped of that title. So he still wants to have that dominance. He still wants to you know, you know, poke his chest out and say, we're big, bad Alabama, but Georgia's not scared this year. And, um, you know, and, and one of the things that as a Georgia fan, you know, playing it, playing at Georgia, um, and, and I hear a lot of as I, as I, as I walk around, as they say, you know, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to, you know, say, or, or go out there, but I, I'm a speak it into existence type guy. I definitely want to make sure that we go above and beyond to claim it. Just to say, we are champions. We are going above and beyond to do what we need to do, as opposed to, you know, oh, let's just, you know, not be scared and not say, I'm, I want to go out and say it. And that's something that we talked about um, um, uh, preseason is it's going to happen. So let's just go out and get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what it's got to do. And, and right now, through seven games and obviously into the bye week, I think what you're hearing right there is literally what's you, you spoke it into existence, I guess you could say, because, right. you know, looking at it, right, you, you see these things and you look at, like I said, comparing it to Bama because that's the standard, right? It's not crazy to compare yourself to Bama because they've set a standard that everybody wants to achieve. So understand that if you're listening, there's a reason why I'm saying this. They have they shown 
right? What it takes to, you to, to build a dynasty, to win national championships, things like that. Georgia's well on their way to doing that right now, but they know that at any point, things can happen and you can never slip up. So they're staying laser focused. And honestly, that's what I love to see. Uh, let's go over here. Let's go over to the brigade one. Um, yeah. Seems like the brigade is coming in hot and heavy. Um, I don't know who this Facebook user is, uh, but they say that Georgia will win the national championship. Um, believe we have enough room for all those four and five stars to come. So I'm talking, I guess he's transferring to the, uh, talk about that recruiting. Uh, Jay Shipes, go dogs. To Neil says, do y'all think we have 28 to 30 spots for 2022? Uh, no, it all depends. And with COVID variables, um, Juan, do you want to answer that first? I, yeah, I, I mean, here, here, at the end of the day, this is what's going to have to happen, right? Is yeah, we do have um, um, you know a, a couple of spots. We're going to have to turn some guys away, um, and, and and that's going to be a hard decision. It's going to be a hard choice, and maybe some of these commitments that we have or these offers that you know have have, have been extended, you know, it, it may have to be rescinded, unfortunately, because. Uh, you know, j just like the Facebook user said, we, you know, we may not have enough spots for all of these, 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 these four and five stars. The, the, the great thing for Georgia and maybe unfortunate for some of the others is we can be choosy. We can decide on who we wanted um, to look at, who's going to be able to come in there and contribute right away. Because again, we want to make sure that we're reloading. Um, another great thing too that we, what we have in Munkin, right, is these games, we have been going and blowing people out. So these second and third string guys have got an opportunity to get some real, real good playing time. And so then you're going to be bringing in the Malachi Starks and the and, and the Marquise Killebrews, and, and they're going to be able to come in and contribute. And, you know, in, in the third, you know, middle of the third quarter, fourth quarter, they're playing against, you know, the first strings of the Mississippi States or the Arkansas and in, in South Carolina's and they're going to be able to continue to get better and better. So um, it, it, it's now it's, 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 you don't have to look at, you know, we're going to bring this guy in and then in the long term we're going to develop them. Now we can bring guys in that can start and play and contribute right away. Yeah. You know, and I hate to sound bad about this, but this is a thing. I think you have to hear the term processing, right? You, you take, you know, kids that obviously look at Georgia's situation, right? Well, you could say 27, 28, up, maybe even up to 30 spots, right? But there's so many top-tier elite guys that want in this class so that not everybody can fit in. So at this point, Georgia is in a situation where they pick and choose. Uh, and that may mean that, you know, people get, you know, you might even see people get pushed out almost. Uh, it's not crazy to believe that uh, because I think it does happen. Uh, so, you know, Kirby's going to have to make the right decisions for the program. I think, you know, do I want to see people do have to for almost like force decommit? No, I, I love seeing people do that. But hell, you never know. You may even see scholarship players except preferred walk ons. It could get that crazy. Right. It could definitely yeah. get that crazy, uh, depending on how bad kids want to go to and play at Georgia. Now, I'm, am I saying that that's going to happen? Not really. I don't, I don't see that, especially with the, with the top tier guys like that. There's always a starting spot anywhere else. Um, you know, but you look at three stars that might want to look, Lad McConkey, uh, you know, different guys like that, right? Dan Jackson is a perfect example. Dan Jackson walked on, and next thing you know, he's sitting there playing against Clemson in the early second quarter. A walk on. So to me, like I said, Kirby's gonna sit there and play the best players. And and, and I think you, you know, I, I think you see people unfortunately uh 
might posit, you know, might get pushed out. But whatever, you have to trust Kirby with knowing that he's going to get the right guys with the right character to fit the program needs. I, I think that's what you have to do, and I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and just like Pat Patrick said, it's it, it's a it's a positive problem to have. Um, and and if you look at it, you know, years past, we didn't have these types of issues or, or these types of problems that you would have loved to have had. I mean, go back to when you had DJ Shockley, and we had an opportunity to try to go and win a national championship. He gets hurt. Now we have Joe Tereshinsky, who you know, and then of course our nemesis. We end up losing to Florida. That kind of knocks us out. Now we, we are in a very, very good situation. You know, un unfortunately, we had a couple of guys get hurt during the off week, um, but we are still in a good, good, good situation based off of, you know, our, our, our offense and what's going on. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and what we'll do here, uh, obviously, we were talking about the defense, right? But let's be honest here. The offense is looking fine uh, as well. Uh, so as I put the graphic up here, I'll read each recruit for those listening on podcast. Uh, you have Branson Robinson. Uh, Gunnar Stockton at quarterback, Oscar Delt, the tight end, Jordan James, another running back, Branson Robinson being the first running back there. Uh, Denylon Morissette, whoops, sorry, I thought I put an L there. Uh, Alu by the recent Florida State uh, flip uh, at offensive tackle, Jacob Hood, uh, Dylan Bell, uh, receiver, Cole Spear, receiver, and Griffin Scroggs. Uh, looks to be an interior offensive lineman. Juan. Who's the name here that brings up, you know, who's the building block for this offensive recruiting class? If you mm. had to choose one person. Man, if I had to choose one person, I'm going with um, Denylon Morissette. Um, uh, he, he is a, a, a George Pickens type guy. When I tell you he can completely change the game. So I've, I've, I've had an opportunity to, to watch him play, you know, from 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 eighth grade on. Um, he did not, you know, have an opportunity to play against us in our very first game when we played um, North Cobb against Marquise uh, um, Killebrew. But I'm telling you right now, he's one of those guys that you just throw the ball up in any area and he is going to go get it. So you add him, you add Oscar Delt to the to, to the fold, and then you know Griffin Scroggs. He's a guy that I actually coached, um, you know, 11 year old, 12 year old, eighth grade, and then just watched him. Um, before he he went over to Grayson, he's going to be one of those guys. I mean, very very nice, humble guy. But when when that when those pads start you know going and that clock starts running, he's a guy that just can absolutely just mow you over. So um, and, and and a lot of guys that are you know are, are just top notch guys, and they're from Georgia. So Georgia's doing a great job of keeping these guys home um, because you these are guys that you are definitely do not want to face um, you know as an opposing uh, defensive coach. Yeah, and, and the good thing about the nylon, and one thing, and I think every Georgia fan here knows this, he's probably been one of the most vocal recruiters in this class. Now, I mean, you look on the defense with – you look at uh, uh, Jalen Walker for sure, I think being the most vocal there on defense. Uh, you know, but on offense is the nylon more set. Uh, you know, to this point here, though, as I bring the list back up, you know, the person I think is going to have to make a biggest impact, I think you look at a guy like Branson Robinson. Uh, and the reason why I say that is this. He, he's he's so quiet that people almost forgot he was in this class to an extent, right? Uh, he's, he's just not very vocal on social media, things like that. But the kid is an absolute animal, absolute animal. Run, and I, I don't want to make this take, but he runs very physical, uh, you know, kind of a little bit shorter, a, a few inches shorter than what he came out as, but super strong, runs super, and, and really got some, 
decent speed, not breakaway. There's not like a Mikolpin type speed or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a very physical runner. I think you imagine, to me, you look at Zeus, but a little bit stronger of a runner. Uh, right. I think he's right. a little bit some good. He's like a one cut back, right? Where he hits that cut and then he'll just bully you in. Uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, court, uh, not court, uh, Coach uh, Dell McGee is going to have his uh, have his have his hands full with that running back room because uh, Branson could come in and challenge early for some playing time next year, especially with Zeus and, and James Cook leaving. So you might see guys like Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, uh, and then you know you might see Branson uh, come in and contribute early as a freshman, especially with knowing how we like to you know toss in the running backs and and that right there. But a lot of things with. Uh, Branson as well as he he's actually a pretty good receiver uh, to be as stocky and things like that. He's actually a good receiver, got soft hands uh, out of the backfield. So it adds that, you know, another dimension uh, that makes him a, a great overall back. So I, yeah. I think you look at, I think you look at Branson as being that X factor potentially early. Uh, you know, you could always look at an offensive lineman, but I think we're just so loaded at offensive line. These guys come in and just really, you know, you might see them happen next year, perhaps, uh, perhaps right. I would say. Right. Um, you know, Pat, Patrick Oliver says, so where do you guys see Gunner fitting in with Beck and, and Brock? And so I, th this will probably be, you know, an, an unpopular, you know, comment from me, you know, for, for, for the Bulldog Nation. Um, I, I just don't see Gunner being a Georgia quarterback. Um, you, you, you look at, 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 at Beck, you look at, at, at Brock, they're more of your, you know, your, your pocket passers, play action guys. Gunner's more of a uh, dual threat. He's more of that guy. He's going to take off and run. He's going to run some, you know, run some guys over. If he were at a Florida or a, um, you know, Mississippi State or even an Ohio State, I, I would even say Clemson, where they do a little bit more of that. Uh, I, I think he would be, you know, absolutely successful. But from a drop back play action standpoint, sit in the pocket. Um, I, I just I just don't see it. But, hey, uh, you know, who, who am I? You know, I, he could go in there and, and completely prove me wrong. And if he went in there and proved me wrong and completely just, you know, blew it out, I promise you I would not be upset by any stretch of the means. I'm with you there, actually. I'm going to take your I'm going to take your stance as well. I, I think you look at guys like Beck and Brock, you know, I, I think the experience, you know, is going to play there a little bit. Uh, but even then, I think, you know, in my opinion, I would rather have Brock than Gunner. Not, and I'm not discrediting uh, Gunner whatsoever. Uh, kid has one of the strongest arms you'll ever see, in my opinion. But, you know, his size, right, and, and how he plays in, in high school is not translatable as much as you see, you know, what we saw with Brock in high school, right? Uh, watching the Raven County and uh, Prince Ave game, you know, to me, it seemed like uh, he likes to run very physical. Gunner does. Uh, tries to run and bully people, things like you're not doing that in the SEC. <laughs> um, you know, but like I said, he's you know, he's got a great arm and things like that. But I think Brock has that balance, uh, you know, that you know, I just think fits well for what Monken wants to do. Uh, and looking at Beck, I love what Beck brings, you know, but I hate to say this, but there's a potential that you might not see him around next year. But if he does, you know, I think. Uh, Beck or Brock will take over, uh, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Brock be a starter next year. Uh, I hate to say that because I love what Beck brings to the table, but Brock is just a different beast in my opinion. Yeah. 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 You're right. So, but, but e either way, you know, even just going into, you know, to, to, to Patrick's question, it's a great problem to have. <laughs> you know, it, it really is like, you've got 
three guys that are that are in the fold that you know have an opportunity to be the starting quarterback at Georgia. Um, that's a great problem. These guys are not slouches. These guys are not, you know, oh, maybe they can, you know, uh, contribute or just, you know, you know, help us out and keep us, you know, level. I mean, these guys are, you know, are, are, are some stars. Yeah. And I hate to sound bad about this. You know, look at Georgia in the past, right? How many times have you seen two five-star quarterbacks in the fold? I would say an elite four-star. I think Beck was an elite uh, four-star coming out of high school. How many times have you seen that kind of happen stuff in the quarterback room in Georgia? No, it's it's uh, not very – not yet. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, Patrick's point is perfect. It perfectly set in stone here. It's a great problem to have. And, and you know, obviously it's, it's on Kirby and Todd Munkin to, you know, to make the right decision when it comes to the signal callers, right? Yeah. Uh, but if I had to, if I had my choice – out of those three, I'm taking I'm taking Brock. I just there's something about Brock is is one he's got NFL size, two he's got enough. You know he he he's athletic. He's athletic enough. It reminds me of Stetson Bennett as athletic, just a little bit more athletic in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he look the G Day game showed me his speed for one. Right, he can run. Uh, he, you're not gonna you're not gonna be like a Lamar Jackson type and just break away like that. But he's definitely athletic enough outside the pocket to to become a threat. Uh, and then his arm and IQ, right? Uh, it, it also helps that his, uh, his dad, Greg, is a coach, right? Uh, but nonetheless, you know, kids has a great IQ, a great work ethic, uh, and all the things you need in your, your you know, face of your program. Uh, and that kind of falls into the quarterback spot. If I had to choose, I'm keeping, I'm keeping Brock. But look, like I said, it's a perfect problem to have. I will take this all day because you know that each one of those guys can, it can be manageable to win, you know, to win you games. So it's always a great problem to have. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, now with the offense here, um, this is going to be interesting here because now we're looking at our remaining targets here, right? We've already at 21, uh, 21 commits right now. Like I said, we're looking at 26, 27, maybe even upwards of 28 to 30, depending on how Kirby wants to handle this class and, and transfer portal spots. But here's some remaining targets. Uh, I haven't separated this to consider flipping uh, from other schools that these guys are committed to or not. But, you know, and, I, and I'll, as I go through the list, as people watching can see this, if you're listening, I will explain and tell you uh, as we go along here. Uh, some of the remaining targets, you look at Travis Hunter, uh, currently committed to Florida State, cornerback, uh, number one overall player in the country. Uh, you know, kid seems like concrete to uh, Florida State, but leave it, to, leave it to Kirby Smart to test the waters there. Uh, you know, looking at Another another five star Jaheim Singletary. Look, there's been some, he is hot right now. Uh, if you look around Georgia beat and the Georgia media, that name is a huge one right now. Um, not going to say anything because well we we're just waiting to see I guess. Uh, but another five star cornerback, right? This can add to this already loaded secondary uh, class that Kirby's got. And then you look at Kamar, uh, Kamari Wilson, another five star. I have him as a cornerback here, but I think he projects as a safety. Uh, but look, as you can see, there's so many names as the cornerbacks that we're, you know, we have as targets. It shows you exactly why Kirby's loading up on cornerbacks because we're losing so many, uh, and we're going to be extremely deep in safety, as we mentioned earlier. But moving tackle Shamar Stewart, uh, D-Lon out of uh, Florida, uh, Shamar James, the current or he's uncommitted now, was a. A recent Florida decommit uh, linebacker, 
uh, Andre Green Jr., uh, receiver from Virginia, Kojo Antwi, I think a lot of people know about that, current Ohio State commit, uh, and Julian Humphrey uh, from Texas, uh, cornerback currently committed to Florida. Juan, if you had to choose maybe two names out of here, two or three names, give me your give me your two or three that you feel is going to end up in this class. Uh, uh, number one is Travis Hunter. Um, so it, it, it was um, pretty cool to see Travis Hunter at the Georgia game. Um, you know, unfortunately he was you know coming off of that injury, but he was there. And then the next week you see Kirby going to a Collins Hill game when Collins Hill played North Gwinnett. So, um, I, I, you know, you, you kind of wonder what's going on behind the scenes. Um, not really sure what's going on at Florida State. Um, and you're also not really sure how long that coaching staff is going to be around if, you know, Florida State doesn't right the ship. And so lo losing to Jacksonville State really just kind of, you know, kind of put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths um, when it actually came there. And, 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 and is Florida State that elite program? Even if they do get Travis Hunter, will he be able to make that much of an impact to help them turn around? I, I really don't know. Um, and then the other one is going to be uh, Kojo. Um, I, I saw him um, play in, you know, in some of the, like the little preseason scrimmages. Um, uh, I, I feel like, you know, him, uh, you know, obviously he committed to, to Ohio State, um, but he can make a better impact at Georgia. Georgia's now throwing the football. Then you have to look at the pipeline of the quarterbacks that you actually have. Like you said, you've got Beck. You also have, um, you know, you know, Vander, you know, Brock, that's, that, that's going to be there. So it's just a, just a long line. And then you have to think too, gosh, if, you know, if Georgia could be fortunate enough to, to get Arch Manning, you know, so then you're thinking to yourself, wow, like this, this tradition of great quarterbacks that are going to be here. Why draft, I'm oh, sorry, not why, why recruit a highly rated quarterback if you're not going to throw the ball? So you've got some great, great quarterbacks that are that are going to be going on. And as a receiver, you know, and, and one of the big draws for me, um, you know, coming to Georgia before Eric Zier, Georgia didn't throw the ball a lot. I mean, it was, you know, one of those three yards in a cloud of dust. It was known for big time running back. You you get Eric Zier from Marietta who, you know, he's putting up all kinds of yards and they're throwing. I'm like, man, I, I want to be a part of that. Um, then, you, you know, you get Bobo to come in after that. So you just kind of have to look at the pipeline to see what's going on. But those are the, going to be the two people that I think that if we can turn, which there's a great chance that we can, that's going to really, really improve Georgia's, um, you know, improve their stock. Um, you know, Travis Hunter also being a defensive guy too, an amazing, amazing cornerback. So what he can do, he can completely change the game. So um, the, the, the future would be bright. You'd almost have to look at, man, he could probably come in and play as a freshman. So, um, you know, going back to the Emmett Smith days, like the freshman sensations are coming out here, making a huge, huge impact. <laughs> you know, obviously Juan took the uh, Juan took the flip method, right? He, he chose guys that are currently committed and chose his two that he feels are going to be in here. I'm going with uncommitted guys. And I, look, I, want, the, I want the brigade to give me your two or three. Uh, Tanil calling out Singletary, Miller and Kojo as her three that she thinks ends up in this class. Uh, so if you're if you're listening, you're or if you're watching, I should say, drop your top two or top three that you feel are going to be committed to Georgia by the end of this cycle uh, in the chat here as well. But I'm going to pop the graphic back up and I'm going to give you my two or three here. Uh, I'm going James Singletary. I think with the needed cornerback, this guy is going to come to Georgia and I think you see him have a great career, uh, just athletic, great body 
physical, right? Everything that Kirby wants in a cornerback. And he's right there. And just tell me, just I'm picturing this right now, just him, Keely Ringo, right side by side. I'm telling you right now, to me, that's a beautiful thing to see. And I think I think he knows it as well. So I see him end up in this class. Second, Kamari Wilson. Uh, obviously, as a safety, look, safety help, we need a lot of it. There's no one better than him and Malachi Starks. You put them two together, you're looking at you're looking at a, a duo to to roam, you know, and ball hawk and hit people like a scene in LeCount for the next three to four years. And and just seeing that right there, the potential is just making me salivate almost. It's 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 one of those things where like we're not missing a beat, right? And the fact that you could potentially see these guys come in as freshmen and play right away. Easily deciding right here that I think Kamari Wilson becomes a dog as well. And my third, which honestly might be too easy here, but I have to call it out, Christian Miller. And let's be honest, I think he's a dog because his friend Michael is a dog. Uh, these guys have wanted to play together. Um, you know, they've voiced it. It's, it's, it's public knowledge at this point. And, look, I think Christian Miller could be the best D lineman if he commits to Georgia. He could be in three years when they're draft eligible. He could be the best one of them all. Um, there's And that's, you know, you listen to Chuck Smith talk about it, right? Chuck Smith raves about this kid. And that's a lot from Dr. Rush, right? That's huge. That's huge. And I think if you get him in this with Michael and Bear Alexander, how are you stopping this defense? How are you stopping it? That's all I can say. But those are my three. Uh, you know, I want to hear what everybody here has to say uh, in the chat while we give people some time here to think. You know, what are what are your thoughts on the two or three uh, commits that are uncommitted or currently committed somewhere else? Who do you think, um, you know, who do you think commits to Georgia by the end of this cycle? Uh, you know, Juan, but I, I do want to talk this right here. Looking back on the offense, I want to go back to the offense here, right? Obviously looking at, you know, players like Gunner, Oscar Delp, you know, coming in and there's, you know, looking at the situation here, I think you lose some receivers perhaps, uh, you know, tight end. Is it me or I feel like Oscar Delp, in my opinion, could have one of the best seasons as a freshman. Uh, is it is it far-fetched to say that I think this could be the case next year? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Oh, man, I, 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 Oscar Delp. Um but let me just tell you, if, if you're a tight end and, and you're seeing what, what, what Brock Bowers is doing, um, you want to be a part of this. If you see what Darnell, um, you know, all about, you, you, you want to be a part of this. And so, um, to, 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 you know, Oscar Delp, uh, he, he sees something, he's going to come in there. He, he wants to be a part of it. And uh, I, I was talking to a guy uh, just last night, and I, it's something that you and I talked about, about a, a tight end jet sweep. <laughs> <laughs> runs a tight end jet sweep, right? But guess what? Oscar Delp is fast enough to do that. So uh, what 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 Munkin has done? Munkin has, has has completely changed the game for 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 all of these players. And he's basically saying, I don't care who you are, um, you can come in here and you can contribute. And and, and you know what it kind of reminds you of is that uh, that New England Patriots type mentality, right? Uh, before that, who knew of Edelman? You know who who knew of of of, of Wes, you know Wes Welker? And, 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 you know, Amendola, like no one, no one did. And then of course, you know, you have a great offensive coordinator that, 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 that's making these guys big time, you know, household names. And so, uh, you know, when, when, when you're doing that, why would you not want to be a part of it? 
And, you know, you've got you've got an Oscar Delt that was he's he was just all over it. I mean, you could almost kind of tell he was going to be a dog. And so he's going to bring other people uh, uh, with him. Yeah, I mean, even said in his postgame, right, what he saw, it just solidified everything. Right. And, you know, looking at Todd Hartley, uh, Todd Hartley's got his job made easily for the next two to three years anyway. Right? Pierce Sperlin already committed for 2023. As long as, you know, as long as you have uh, Monk in here or you have, um, you know, Buster Faulkner, let's be honest, I think you're going to see the same kind of offense. And I think that's really enticing for any offensive skill position player because of the bounce that we're able to generate. Uh, so you're going to see elite guys coming in as long as we keep this kind of mentality of balance, right? You're going to keep the elite running backs, right? This isn't your RB. It's still RBU. It's not going to be run focused like you would see in the past, right? But you're not going to see this big 12 air raid Mike Leach style where you're going to have, you know, you know, just ridiculous stuff going on, right? Where you have 10 guys catching a hundred passes, you know, nothing like that. Um, you know, but being balanced, I think, you know, it shows why elite guys want to come play for that uh, because, you know, you can still get stats and things like that, but it, but you win. And you look at where George is doing right now with the balanced offense, elite defense, that combination right there, that leads to titles. And right now, Georgia's, you know, on the right track. There's still, you know, there's there's still the light at the end of the tunnel there, but it's well on its way to, you know, to come into the promised land per se. Right, right. You're absolutely right. So it, it's, uh, it, it's, I, I'm excited. You know, I, I'm excited about what we have, where we're going, the direction that we're going. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it also just gives us an opportunity, you know, you, you can separate the attitudes now, you know, whereas one, you know, one kid that you were so, hell bent on, but he may have had some issues, some attitude or, or whatever the case is and not really wanting to buy into the program that you already foresee going into the transfer portal. Now, you know, Georgia can be picky and choosy about who they decide to pull the trigger on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, as we wait, you know, for early National Signing Day and, and National Signing Day in February, the traditional one, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of pieces still left to fall uh, or to fall into place, I should say. Uh, you know, and it's going to be fun to watch because I'm telling you right now, the chain's going to be back out. It's just a matter of time. Uh, yeah. You know, my neck is thanking me right now, uh, thanking Kirby Smart, but I guess not letting anybody green light to go uh, so my neck can get a rest. You know what I mean? I had to let that be known. Uh, but look, we're going to wrap this uh, episode up for the, today. Uh, look, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, like this. Uh, you know, it helps the show out in more ways than you could imagine. It only takes a second. Uh, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on podcasts, make sure to like it. So follow, subscribe it, rate it, review it. Uh, five stars preferred. But tell me how you feel. Uh, you know, and with that being said, though, guys, look, happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Remember, no game tomorrow. But next Saturday, those lousy, stinking Gators are going to get mollywopped, and there's no question about it. There's not a single question. Juan, I'll let you watch another game, get your revenge from when you played Florida, right? You get that mental revenge there. It's always fun to watch Dan Mullen make excuses at the end in the post game. Yeah. You know, I, I got this right here, and I, I was thinking about this, and this makes too much sense before I end the show here. You know, if, if, you're, if your post-game press conference is more entertaining than your actual game performance, you might be a Florida Gator fan. 
I'm just going <laughs> to leave that there. Uh, but look, on that note, guys, I hope everybody has a great day. And uh, we'll catch you back on the next episode. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go, dogs.